0: Where to birth your baby? It's one of the biggest decisions you'll make during pregnancy. If you're hoping for a more natural labor and delivery experience, then a birthing center could be the option that's best for you. I'm Susan Melnico, a certified nurse midwife for 30 years. And this is Preggy Pals, episode 23. Um, is that a plus sign?
1: Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I'm your host, Sunny Galt. Do you have a pregnancy question for our team of experts? You can call our Preggy Pals hotline at 619-866-4775 and leave us a message, or you can send us an email, and we'll get your questions answered. And we'll also include those questions and answers on a future episode. Okay, today is a big day for us. That's because today is the launch of the Preggy Pals Club. Now, this is an exclusive membership club, and it's available to all of our listeners, and it gives you all access to all of our archived episodes because what we do, we basically, the 10 most recent episodes of Preggy Pals are free, completely free. You can download them, do whatever you want. But then after the 10 most recent, they go into an archive system. So this basically opens it up, and you can listen to any episode you want to. But in addition to to that. We're going to offer bonus interviews, um, written transcripts of the shows. I know some of you guys have been asking about that, plus a special monthly newsletter with special giveaways, discounts, and much more. So you can access all this great information through the web or through our new Preggy Pals app. If you guys would like some more information on that, you can visit our website, which is preggypals.com, Click on the members link at the top of the page. Okay, and if you hear a bunch of clicking going on in the background here, Katie Stevens is joining us. She is a professional birth photographer, and she's taking some behind-the-scenes photos of our preggy Pals taping, and we'll include those photos on our Facebook fan page if you guys want to check them out. All right, let's introduce our panelists. Stephanie, let's start with
2: you. Hi, I'm Stephanie Sawfeld. I am 29. I am a gemologist due January 9th with my first baby, a girl, and we are having a hospital birth. My name is Misty Davies. I'm 33. I'm a gemologist. Uh, I'm due October 10th with a little girl, my first, and uh, hoping for an unmedicated hospital birth. Sounds familiar.
1: If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, It was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Okay, so we recently launched a new segment here on Preggy Pals that focuses on the best pregnancy apps because there are a lot out there, and uh, I wanted to get some feedback from some of our panelists here in the studio. So Stephanie, Stephanie showed me her iPhone just a little <laughs> bit ago. It is loaded with pregnancy apps. So
2: um, Stephanie, what are some of your favorites? Well, I have twelve on here. I don't I definitely Do you really don't. use all twelve. No, of them? I don't. No. I don't. Okay. Occasionally, I cruise them. Every so often, but um, no. There are probably three that I use on a fairly regular basis. Okay. So one is eye pregnancy, which is pretty cool because you can put in all kinds of information, um, like your OB visits, you can log your weight and your blood pressure and, and you know, any notes and journal. And then is it free? Can, yeah. Uh, oh, wait, no. I don't think this one was free. It might have been like two bucks. Okay. And it, you know, logs everything and you can post pictures of yourself you can journal you can do whatever it's an it's an all-in-one so it's pretty neat and it also shows you like average pictures of ultrasounds like at what stage they're in in 2d and 3d oh so i you see, I like see, doing that i would go online yeah, you know on exactly. different websites and check that out that's so cool. you kind of think okay well i'm 22 weeks so i'm gonna see like oh that's what an average you know 22 week <laughs> old my baby looks baby like right right now. Now. yeah exactly because <laughs> you're curious because you only get so many ultrasounds yeah. at the doctor yeah um another one that I like is Foods um to avoid while pregnant. Ooh, that's So a good it's one. like a whole big list of, you know, you know, cheese and dairy dressings and condiments. Is fish it was and that seafood. the name of the app? Like it's called? You... Foods to Avoid When Pregnant. And I think wow. that one was 99 cents. Okay. So, but it's worth it cuz it's an easy, you know, when you're out and you're ordering off a menu and right. you're like, "Wait, can that's I get a good one?" That? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good yeah, one to have. Yeah. So stuff like that. And then also there's um the bump, which is just like a forum where a bunch of girls, sometimes it gets a little crazy and <laughs> and whatever, but it's a bunch of girls just posting questions about um, random pregnancy-related questions, and yeah. you can answer their questions or you can ask your own questions. And and so it's kind of nice. It's kind of informative. Some yeah. of it's dramatic and, right. you know, <laughs> unnecessary stuff. <'cause, laughs> and I think that's a lot of, like, younger, because um, I've seen some, some girls have asked questions like, oh, how old is everyone on this app? And They're all, like, in their early 20s. And I'm like, wow, I feel really old. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, there's, like, no one that's, like, in their later 20s or 30s. But...
1: Oh, it's kind I of guess funny for apps drama, are now for young
2: kids.
1: Those young kids, yeah, those <laughs> crazy kids.
2: But yeah, so those I use fairly regularly.
1: Well, good. Well, thank you for sharing sure. that with us. <laughs> Don't forget, Preggy Pals now has a free app. It's available in the Amazon and iTunes marketplace. It's a great place for moms on the go because it automatically updates with the latest episodes and even allows you to connect with the show through our social networking sites. And so, for some of the things that Stephanie mentioned today, we'll include some links to those on the episodes page for this website, so you guys can check them out in that case, I pronounce you lucky.
2: Play
0: for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Today we're learning all about birthing centers and how it can be a great alternative to the traditional way of giving birth. A hospital. Susan Melnico is a certified nurse midwife who's delivered many babies at birthing centers, including Best Start Birthing Center here in San Diego. Welcome to the show, Susan. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So, what exactly is a birthing center? People listening to
0: this going, What are they talking about? Well, there are birthing centers that are inside hospitals, and then there are other birthing centers that are uh, standalone out of hospital birthing centers, which is what Best Start is here in San Diego. And it's a place where we provide comprehensive care so a woman can come and get all of her prenatal care, see the midwives, and then do her classes there and plan on birthing there. And then we provide all of the postpartum care as well. So so you would go to a birth center even for your prenatal care where you might go to a typical
1: OB? Wow. Definitely.
0: Yeah. As nurse midwives, as midwives, we provide, you know, full scope comprehensive care so that a woman really gets to know who's going to be with her at the time of her birth Mm -hmm. and get comfortable with being in the facility where she'll be birthing. So the care
1: that they are going to be receiving is from a certified nurse midwife, which is what you are. Correct. Okay. And I think we should probably explain the difference between a midwife and what an OB is. So can you kind of give us an overview? Certainly.
0: Well, there's a couple of different kinds of midwives. I am a certified nurse midwife, which means I was a registered nurse before I went into midwifery. Okay. And then I went back to graduate school. Um, with a master's degree to become a midwife. And usually the programs are about two years in length. We learn how to be specialists in normal birth and how to identify when something is not normal. What's normal birth? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, normal pregnancy. (laughs) Okay. When mom is healthy. Okay, got it. No high blood pressure, no kidney problems, no heart problems. You know, when mom is mm. healthy, and then we know how to identify if there is a problem that comes up. Okay. So that we can work with the system and get the appropriate care.
1: Okay. How are midwives assigned to, do you call them patients? Oh, women that we come ca- in? We
0: actually call them clients. Clients. Okay. How are they we assigned? We do work as a group. Okay. So we, that is the one thing. We don't guarantee which midwife it will be unless the client and the midwife agree that she's going to be available but there are five of us right now we work together as a team and we take call And that's the way that we have been able to do this and keep it sustainable. Yeah. Um, I I did home birth when I first became a midwife for about seven years, and it really, really takes its toll on your family and your personal. You don't have. (laughs) You don't 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 have have one. Yeah. (laughs) So this is a compromise. Yeah. But we find that it works really well, and women have the opportunity to meet all five of us. I was going to say that was going to be my follow up. Yeah. They have the opportunity to meet all five of us, so that it's not a stranger that's going to be with them. Okay. And we all have the same philosophy, similar skills. Mm -hmm. The only difference is our personality. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And it's really interesting. If it's really important to a woman to have a specific midwife, oftentimes, you know, she may talk to us and say that. And we give her our call schedule. And I don't know how many times over my career women have gone into labor when I'm available if they really wanted me. It's interesting. It's <laughs> Their really body knows. They're yeah. like, wait, Susan's
1: not on call yet. Right. Okay, now now I can go into labor.
0: <laughs> but it really hasn't been a problem for the clients that we have. Okay. So yeah. if
2: you start out with a particular client, mm-hmm. um, so they come into labor and it's your call. Um, do you stay then the
0: entire It depends. (laughs) Sometimes. Well, we take 24 hours of call. Okay. So we try to avoid a woman having to have more than one midwife by doing 24. But it depends on how our 24 hours is gone. Uh You know, if we've been up and busy and we were up the night before and now we've gone through a full night, then when our time is done, we're really glad to see the other midwife. And probably it's better to have the other midwife because we're not at Mm, our top. That's true. So that's how we look at it and and I think it works really well that way. Okay. Now, why would someone choose to give birth at a birthing
1: center over a hospital? What are some of the common reasons?
0: Um, we for women who are having a subsequent baby, a lot of times they really weren't happy with their first experience. Okay. And they're looking for some alternative way that where they feel it will be a more satisfying um, experience. experience for them. And I'm, we're finding that a lot of first-time moms now are coming oftentimes because they're afraid of what's going to happen at the hospital. They've, there's a lot of films out there now, like The Business of Being Born, mm-hmm. and a lot of people have been watching this. And they're kind of coming as a way to avoid what they're afraid of at the hospital. Mm. Sometimes that's a good reason. And sometimes we talk about how you know it's good to go and explore the hospital and really make An educated choice, An educated choice on what's really going to be good for them. Okay. It's my belief system that it's not one size fits all, Mm -hmm. that there should be alternatives of hospital, birth center, and home for women, and that women need to seek wherever they're going to feel the most comfortable. Okay. Um,
1: Have you ladies considered giving birth at a birthing center, or what was that process
2: like for you? I would have liked to had I really Thought a little further in advance as far as my care. You know, I have my OB Mm -hmm. and, you know, I have an HMO insurance. And then you kind of think, okay, well, I'm kind of stuck. Like (laughs) these two hospitals that I can choose from. And I mean, my preference, yeah, it would have been a birth center, but next time I'll plan a little bit better. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean to shame you. No, (laughs) no, because it it is. It is something that I really
0: wish that I had investigated.
2: yeah. Earlier prior to getting pregnant. Right. So yeah, I th-
0: I think that brings up um, a problem with our healthcare system. Yeah. yeah. It, does. Um, it does. That, you know, women are dependent on what their insurance will provide. Right. It is, of course. And we're
2: so limited, especially, and we work together, Misty and I. So, you know, we have the same insurance. we right, we basically, you know, we're kind of yeah. pigeonholed into this little. Yeah, I was going to you know, say, I options. thought
0: exactly the same as Stephanie. And then I also thought, well, what if there's a complication? Yeah. <laughs> Um that's a scary thought too. Well, one of the things that we do at Best Start and and most birth centers do is we try to be a part of the healthcare system and not totally separate from it. So in our situation we have three alternative options if hospital becomes necessary. We have a contract with UCSD Hospital and we can always transfer there which is very close to the birth center. We also have two private physicians who work with us and one of them practices at Sharp Mary Birch and the other one practices at Scripps Mercy and Sharp Grossmont. So we have all of those as options and a woman will choose what her backup will plan will be prior to labor and then if a problem comes up we know exactly what we're gonna do
2: right yeah that's great
0: yeah
1: as far as the type of birth experience you want to have our birthing centers just for women that want to have natural births so obviously you know for medication and stuff like that where do you where, where's the line drawn
0: um, birth centers are all a little bit different, but most birth centers, and Best started included, we do not use any pain medication at this time. And certainly epidurals and, and right. anesthesia like that are not available. Okay. We do have tubs, though. I know you guys are big on giving birth in tubs. It's all over your website. Warm, warm water is worth a lot of pain medication. Yeah. It works beautifully. So for, for some women, that's all they need, and okay. that gets them over the hump. Okay. Um,
1: what additional, and you mentioned this a, a little bit before, but I want to back up. Um, what type of services do birth centers offer pregnant women? We talked a little bit about prenatal care. So what does that mm-hmm. look like? So I decided I, I want to give birth in a birthing center. Mm-hmm. Um, so from, you know, I'm eight weeks pregnant or whatever from, from the get go.
0: The way we do it is we provide tours. Okay. We have tours all through the week and a woman will call us and we'll say we suggest you come and see the birth center. Okay. Learn about the services that we have. Come and be here. Walk through it. See how it feels to you. If it feels like the right place to you, then it's probably a good thing. And so then they um, can make an appointment for the first visit. We would provide a typical first prenatal visit where we do lab work. We give lots and lots of information and education about diet, exercise, um, and kind of what the standard prenatal care will look like. Okay. And then a woman will come on a regular basis throughout the pregnancy, very similar to what physicians do. Once a month at the beginning of the pregnancy, every two weeks in the middle, and every week at the end.
1: Okay. Uh-huh. So I have to ask, because we did talk a little bit about insurance and what that covers. So mm-hmm. are most women paying out of pocket for this? That's that what stuff? I want to know,
0: too. Yeah, no, not actually. We're very lucky at Best Start. Best Start has been around for almost 30 years. And we have contracts with several different insurance companies. Okay. Um, we accept Medi-Cal. We find that there are a number of women on medi We have a contract with Tricare, so we have a lot of military families. And then um, some of the private insurances like Aetna, Blue Cross will pay for our care as well. Okay a matter of us switching from the HMO it's to the,
2: the PPO. It's the HMOs <laughs> that are the issue. Is. You know, I'm in the same see, boat, ladies. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> Next know. time. Next time. But just out of curiosity, out of pocket, if
0: someone were to have to pay out of pocket, what, what does that look like? Um, for comprehensive care, I believe we're at $6,600 right now. And that would okay. include all of the prenatal care, the birth, and up through six weeks postpartum. And lab well. work? And I think lab work. Lab work may be separate, which would be about another $200. It may be included. I, I haven't so kept ballpark pace with that. Seven, seven-ish. Now, should <laughs> transfer to the hospital become necessary, that's separate. Okay. But if you're covered by your insurance, your insurance will always cover that. Right. All
1: right. Well, when we come back, we're going to find out exactly what kind of experience you can expect at a birthing center throughout your labor and delivery. We'll be right back welcome back. We are talking about birthing centers as a possible alternative to hospitals and joining us is Susan Melnico. She's a certified nurse midwife right here in San Diego with Best Start Birth Center. So let's talk about labor and delivery and what women can expect. At what point do you recommend moms come into um, the birth center to to start laboring there? Because I know in hospitals, you know, you have to be a certain amount of centimeters and whatever, but are you limited with space? Like, how does that work?
0: We encourage moms to stay home as long as possible, just because I think it's a comfort thing. Um, I think moms do well at home. But like I said, we usually talk to people two, three times while they're in labor, and we help guide them. Now, of course, it depends on if it's a first baby. or a subsequent baby and what her previous experiences have been. It also depends on how far away she lives because we do have moms coming far distances. And so we really individualize what we decide to do at that time. In general, we have people come in when we think they're in active labor. And we try not to actually admit them to the birth center until they're about four centimeters. Okay. So sometimes we're, we're really lucky that we're close to Balboa Park. Sometimes <laughs> a mom will come Go down. Take a walk. Yes, exactly. And it's a beautiful place to walk. And then she'll come back in an hour or two and we'll see what's going on. I had to do that, but I had to walk the halls of the hospital.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Not as pretty as a park, really. Right, right.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: So when they, they first arrive, um, is there some sort of process to you obviously check?
0: them out to see how far dilated they are we will check and see how far dilated they are we'll kind of check and see what their contractions are doing we check their blood pressure Um, and their pulse, and we listen to the baby's heartbeat. heartbeat. We um, check the baby's position to make sure we haven't made a mistake earlier that the baby's in a good head-down position. Okay. And just assess everything so that we know that mom and baby are really healthy and appropriate to be at the birth center. Okay.
1: And then how many rooms, I know this will vary on a a case-by-case basis, but how many
0: birthing rooms do you guys have available at Best Start? We have three birthing rooms. Okay. And we... And we birth an average of about 20 babies a month and we find that most of the time it's not an issue okay yeah we I've worked there two and a half years and this week for the very first time mm-hmm. we had four uh-huh. and we ended up using our call room the midwives have a call room with a bed and we ended up using that but it Like I said, that's the first time that's happened. That's ever happened. Okay, because that may be
1: a concern of some
0: women because you think hospital, they're
1: probably going to be able to accommodate you. But a smaller center has that work. Yeah, we were
0: still able to accommodate, and it worked beautifully.
1: Okay. And how involved are you... with your clients when they're in labor because that was one of the things when I had my first um, I had a, an OB and it was a situation it was in a hospital but it was a situation where I didn't know who was going to be on call mm-hmm. um, but with OBs you know you're primarily taken care of by your nurse okay
0: and then they just kind of come in for the grand finale you know it's, it's the opposite we practice okay. the opposite when a mom calls in labor she talks directly to the midwife that's on call and usually I talk to people two three times before it's time to for them to come into the birth center okay when they when we decide it's time for her to come in i'm the one that meets her Uh, the midwife provides all the direct care we do all of what a nurse would do in the hospital and then when she's really active you know a couple of hours before we think she's going to birth we call an rn in i see or a birth assistant we have midwives and nurses okay uh work in that role Okay,
1: so how many people are usually there? <laughs> Another thing that I, I remember from giving birth is that when the big finale comes, suddenly there's ten people in the room and <laughs> the crotch is wide open. And right <laughs> usually,
0: usually from our side of staff, we only have two people. Only two people. That's the midwife, nice. It's nice and, and the bride. intimate. Yes, you know. And that's like a that. big reason that some people choose to come. It's much more personalized yeah. and intimate than it would be in a hospital. Yeah, there's not the random
2: nurses and doctors and <laughs> like students.
0: Like, Who are you? And <laughs> no, that's right. So. What happens if something goes wrong and the mother or the baby needs help? In labor? Yeah. Okay. Well, we are assessing very carefully. You know, we don't use external fetal monitors during labor. We are actually accredited. We're nationally accredited by the American Association of Birth Centers, and one of their criteria is that we are not to use external fetal monitors, which are used extensively in the hospital. And the reason for that is that actually all the studies and research that's been done shows that they are – useful for high risk pregnancies, but they've never been shown to actually make a difference in low risk pregnancies. So rather than using that, we use intermittent auscultation, we call it, we're listening to the baby's heart rate every 20 minutes. And then as the pregnancy, as the labor progresses, we listen more frequently up to every five minutes when the mom is pushing. Mm -hmm. But through that we're evaluating whether or not we think the baby is doing well so one of the things that can happen is if we are listening to the baby's heartbeat and we're concerned we may say you know what we think we need to go to the hospital because that's going to be a better place for your baby or if the mom's blood pressure starts to go up that's another thing that can occur so then we would we would talk with the mom and her family and say you know what we really think that probably transferring to the hospital is a better scenario generally Our transfers are not emergency transfers, and we go in a car to the hospital. We contact the hospital and the physician that we've decided to work with, um, make sure that they have room and that they're expecting us. We make copies of everything that's gone on, and then we go over to the hospital. Obviously, if we have an emergency situation, we call 911. We do use the, (laughs) (laughs) but, but it's very seldom that we have a transfer like that. Okay. I was going to say, how many times does that usually happen? <laughs> <laughs> we, in all, overall, we have about a 15% transfer rate of moms who start labor and then end up going to the hospital. And the bulk of that is a mom who actually looks at us and says, I want an epidural. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's okay. not because there's an issue. Right. Yeah. And
1: and what kind of number should we be looking for? I mean, is that a pretty average number for
0: birth I, centers? I think for a birth center, that probably is. There may be some birth centers that have a lower okay. rate, but, but we're pretty busy. You know, we, sure. we take care of a lot of women. Sure. So.
1: Okay. Now, assuming that a mother is able to give birth at the birth center and isn't mm-hmm. transferred, um, what happens
0: after the baby's born? How long can they stay there, and what kind of care do they receive? That's another thing that's very, very different, because it's a much shorter stay than it would be at the hospital. Um We take care of the birth. We're prepared if the mom has had little tears, you know, we prepared to stitch it. We're checking the mom's blood pressure and pulse, the amount of bleeding she's having, and we're doing that very frequently for the first hours after birth. The midwives are trained to do physical exams on the newborn, so we do a full physical exam on the newborn, we're doing the vital signs to see what the heart rate is and the respirations of the baby. And in general, we have a policy that the minimal stay is four hours but our average stay seems to be about six to eight hours and at about that point moms really kind of want to go home and get in their own bed i'm sure it's better than several days <laughs> yeah. 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 so our <laughs> criteria you know are that mom and baby are both stable okay. baby has nursed well we want to know baby can nurse before we send them home mom's been able to get up and urinate take a shower feels good has had a meal and then we know that everybody's good we do provide a home visit the following day and we contract with whole-life home care which is Vicki Wolfram who is a nurse midwife and a lactation consultant and she goes and visits all of our moms um, in the first two days after well you don't get that in the hospital <laughs> <do> yeah. <you? laughs> Have a lactation consultant visit you while you're in the center, or? Not a lactation consultant. All of the midwives have exper- a lot okay. of experience and training with breastfeeding. So that is one of our really big things. We, we When the baby is born, we lift the baby right onto the mom's chest, and the baby isn't taken anyplace else. And I firmly believe that that makes a huge difference on how the baby gets going with the breastfeeding, if there isn't a lot of disruption. We usually don't even weigh the baby for the first several hours. It's one of the last things we do because we want when baby settles in on mom's chest they really get ready to nurse and we usually get them nursing within about 20 to 30 minutes and we don't disrupt them until we know that there's been really good nursing experience going on.
1: That's great. What are some of the questions that we should be asking um, birthing centers in our area to determine if it's a good fit? Obviously we want to go in and we want to mm-hmm. explore that um, but I know a lot of women are concerned about like what, what their stats are for different things.
0: Yeah no I think it's important to know how long a center has been around and okay. what the experience is of the midwives who staff you know how much experience and what their training is and then what the transfer rate is to a a hospital they have to go to a hospital okay right and what the reasons are for the transfer rate and um, what the affiliations are are they affiliated with the hospital so it'll be an easy you know transfer are they affiliated with physicians and um, You know, just explore those kinds of things so that you know that it's all covered. All right. Well, thank you, Susan, for sharing your wisdom, your knowledge with
1: us today. We really appreciate it. Of course, we'd love to learn about your experience giving birth at a birthing center. Or if you have additional questions um, for us um, about today's topic, let us know. And we'll contact Susan and see if she can answer some of those questions for you. You can also share your experience on our Facebook page or leave a message in the comments section for this episode on our website. We have a message from one of our listeners. This comes from Kristen of Fort Collins, Colorado. Kristen writes, Hi Sunny, love, love, loved the episode on surrogacy. I've actually never thought about it as an option for me, but listening to your show has made me rethink the possibilities. My husband and I had some difficulty getting pregnant the first time, and for a while, we weren't even sure if we could have our own children. If that had been the case, we may have needed a surrogate of our own. Kristen, thank you so much for writing in. We love sharing all this information with our listeners. That wraps up our show for today. Coming up next week, we're exploring the benefits of professional birth photography. Thanks for listening to Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way.
0: This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode Please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare provider.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? <sighs> Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumba, ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website
1: for details. Hey mamas, don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.